I'm glad to be out of here, you know, smoke all over. I was just thankful and praying to God and anybody, the Creator, Allah, baby Jesus, anybody that would listen. Smoke was so thick and sparks flying, it was, um, it was a pretty hectic. Um, just, it, it motivates you to go faster. <laughs> Just some of the voices that you're hearing from those trying to get out of the wildfire zones, both in Kelowna as well as the Northwest Territories. And, you know, despite warnings for years from the experts to do more to prevent the wildfires, uh, we don't actually do a whole lot uh, to prevent them. And sure, it's provincial jurisdiction, but there's lots of federal input. There's municipal areas. We've got this patchwork kind of system when what we need is a cohesive response that will allow us to actually respond to these things before they, we have lost everything. Because we spend billions of dollars, you know, because we're so reactive to these things. But if we are to live with climate change, and, and we have been told by this government for years and years and years that this is a threat, why aren't we bulking up our natural resources in the rural areas of the north? Mitigation, you know, getting things like firefighters, lots of them to get ahead of these fires, removing brush. Why aren't we paying indigenous people who are experts at clearing brush? Why don't we learn from their expertise or get them to do it? I mean, there's so many things we could do that we just aren't doing. Let me bring in Robert Gray. He's an AFE certified wildland fire ecologist. He's also president of R.W. Gray Consulting. He can kind of fill in the blanks of what we can and aren't doing, uh, but should be. Good to have you, Robert. Yes, good morning. Let's talk a little bit about why we kind of keep seeing, um, you know, the same thing, but it's getting worse. These fires are not new. Uh, they do happen, but we just never seem ready for them. And I think of all the billions of dollars that we spend in carbon taxes and all these things, and I think, well, where are the extra firefighters? Where are the extra water bombers? Why are we never ready for this? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and we keep asking ourselves the same question uh, over and over again, year after year. Uh, there seems to be plenty of money once the fires break out. Mm. Uh, we can find the you know the hundreds of millions of dollars to do that, but we can't seem to be able to appropriate the money up front in long term stable programs to do the re to do the mitigation work that's necessary. Um, you mentioned that you know we're we're spending all this money on response and. You know, throughout the world, these emergency management agencies are talking about the fact that about 87% of our, you know, disaster funding goes to response and 13% goes to mitigation. And we have to reverse that, that ratio. We have to be spending far more up front. Um, and it means, you know, developing stable programs uh, at the local level and regional level so that you've got people who are working on this problem throughout the year. They're going to spend right. the spring doing fuels work in the summer, they're available as firefighters to do the response side. And then back in the fall before the snow, they're doing more fuels work. So if we have a more robust workforce and higher capacity to do that, we'll actually see response start to lessen. We'll have fewer fires that we have to tackle, but we have to get way out ahead of this thing. And, and our treatments have to be at the scale of the fires that we're seeing. Right. So right now we're doing like, 20, 30, you know, 15 hectare little treatments around communities. We have to be doing treatments that are hundreds of hectares to thousands of hectares in scale, and we're not doing it. Yeah, I mean, you'll speak to spe people in this industry, in resources, and they'll say, look, we just keep getting less and less staff. So in the spring, you know, we should be getting out there and getting rid of the brush and all the rest of it. We should be doing that all the time, and we just can't because we don't have enough staff. I mean, we just, 
never have enough um, people. But we also just ignore the warnings. I mean, you look back to, you know, the lower mainlands when they were um, flooded in B.C., uh, you know, there was a warning in 2015 that they had to get the Sumas River Dyke protected because if there was a big rain, it would flood. And it was ignored and it was ignored and it was ignored. And lo and behold, everything floods when there's too much water. So we get the warnings, but we don't put the money in it. And to your point, you know, that you look at the beast, that was $9 billion to pay in recovery to get back on their feet. But this is going to be much, much more expensive. And I think, what could we do with all that money to be, you know, getting ahead of this and mitigating it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I keep hearing that, you know, we can't get the workforce there. And I deal a lot with contractors yeah. who are doing projects around communities and both indigenous and non-indigenous communities. And if, if we had stable programs, they can find workers because it's a stable job. Right now, it's this piecemeal. There's mm-hmm. grant money one year and not the next. Contract prices are through the roof because there's this insufficient amount of work. We can get the workforce and we can get contract rates down, wages higher if it's, if it's a long-term career they can get into. But we're not managing that way. We're managing it as a kind of a response sort of project-based system. And we have to develop programs, you know, well-funded, stable programs. People will look at that as a career and they'll go into it, but not the way we're doing it. It's just not going to work. And when it comes to cost, you know, you know, at the end of the fire season, you know, the government will announce we spent, you know, $700 million on firefighting. The real cost, which is the indirect and additional cost, is two to 26 times that. Yeah. These, are, these are $10 billion fire seasons. Yeah. And, and it's, that money is drained from social programs. Sure. It's drained from businesses. It's drained from people's personal accounts. Um, before long, it's going to have a severe impact on the Treasury. So we have to get out ahead of this. Yeah, uh, we need to. I mean, just recently, the Trudeau government said no to a national firefighting, uh, like a a group that would, this would be their primary focus of dealing with this. They don't want to do that. But if you were building, like, if I'm building a climate plan for myself as a politician, I'm thinking mitigation. If, If people know that their money is going to preventative so that we're not throwing it all away on the other side, I think they'd be much more supportive. But if you were building a climate plan, given what we're seeing and knowing what you know, what would it look like? Well, that's exactly what it would be. It's, it's, it's working at that local level. You know, a national plan, is, you know, Canada's not really geared for that. Other jurisdictions that have it, you know, there's a federal presence. In the U.S., there's a federal presence in every state. They're actually land managers. Mm-hmm. So they have firefighting forces that are there to actually manage that land. But they're there to do the mitigation work, and then they're also there when the fires break out and they do the response. So we don't have that federal presence around the, around the country, but we have the local presence. You know, we've got the indigenous and non-indigenous communities. They would love to do the work, and it's all hazards. You know, look at the flooding in California. We yeah. typically fire and flood go hand in hand. So we have to build up that local capacity to do a lot of the preventative work, they're there then when the fires break out and they can do the response side and then they go right back to working on the prevention again. Yeah. Um, fund those things as steady, long-term programs and you'll see huge benefits and people will see it. They'll see it in their backyard and they'll support it. Absolutely. And uh, if they know their money is going to uh, saving things and getting uh, saving money ultimately and lives, uh, they, they won't have as much of a problem with it. Well, nonetheless, I never have enough time for these interviews. Robert, we will talk to you again because this is a very big issue, and I think it becomes clear and uh, more clear by the day as to what we're doing wrong. So I appreciate it. Yeah, have a good day. You as well. That's Robert Gray, who is um, 
a wildland fire ecologist all seems like common sense to me. But again, it's not what we're doing. We're just paying all this money.